You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to Packers Total Access Post Game Show. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside Jacob from the Packernet Fantasy Podcast. We should have Tim call in shortly. He's uh, stuck in traffic right now. I'm sure we're leaving the game. And we may have a few other people chime in as well, which I've got to get that link set out, sent out, Jacob. I'm already behind the eight ball here, man. How you doing, buddy? What would you think of the game? Let's get some initial impressions before we dive into some of the details. Yeah, man, I'm good. It's great to see everybody in the chat right away. Uh, man, we had a lot of guys talking, getting ready to get under there. We're, we'll comment on that maybe, but it looks like you guys have a, a very long conversation going on there, so that's cool. In my opinion, Brenton Cox did do enough to make the team, so we'll start <laughs> with that. Our uh, Also, I just basically we can kind of start with just some overall takeaways. I did get to watch everything that Jordan Love did. I kind of snuck away from <clears throat> some work duties and was able to chart every single play that he was in on, which was into the second quarter, which I very much, very much like thought was great. I mean, I thought maybe he was going to play two series, yank him. He went into the second quarter and they had, they had the starters around with him and that was cool to see because we needed it. And I think that right now we can definitively say that Jordan love is good, but he needs a few series <laughs> to settle in. And that he needs a little bit of time to dip his toe in, and that you give him that third series, that dude is climbing. And there, I honestly, I can't wait to see what he does when he has the whole rest of the game once he's settled in, because it looks like it takes him like a series or two, and then he starts throwing dimes, and it's really cool to see that. So uh, we can get into that if you want to. I don't know where you want to start, Clayton, but um... 
Let's do this, man. Um, Cheesehead well, first. Of all, the Packers, yeah, the Packers beat the Seahawks 19 to 15. And I got to be honest, man, we got in the second half, and I'm kind of like, ah, you know, it doesn't really matter how it ends up. And to see them go down and score there toward the end was, it just kind of shows you, I love it, dude. <laughs> I love the cat in the background. That was awesome. <laughs> He's jacked up too. He, he was literally like, dude, it's preseason. What's he talking about? Um, but, uh, yeah, so to see them kind of go down and, and and come away with the W, it just it kind of shows you how deep the roster is, too. And sometimes people dig a little too deep into preseason. And like Michael Lombardi says, Jacob, sometimes people don't look enough into it. He 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 listed off like three, four, maybe five, five points from last year where he talked about how, you know, the teams, what the teams did in the preseason carried over into the regular season, which is kind of cool because when you look at how this team's playing and Jordan Love specifically, man, that can get exciting. I, I, the thing that stood out to me the most about Jordan Love, and then I want to get your kind of take on it, um, the big thing was how comfortable he looks in the pocket. Like this dude has some pocket mobility, and when he he broke away for a couple of runs, if I remember correctly, I think he had three carries for 21 yards, average seven yards a carry. But when he took off and run, the thing that just jumped off the screen to me, Jacob, was his stride length, and that's something that doesn't get talked about a lot with uh, with players. And and uh, of course, Greg Cosell talks about it all the time. It's absolutely huge to him uh, how he he says that sometimes you get someone with a, a fast forty time, and then they get to the NFL, and it does it doesn't transfer over to the field. And he's noticing that the players that it does, they have a very long stride length. Christian Watson's got a long stride length. Romeo Dobbs does, believe it or not. And then, of course, seeing Jordan Love scramble out of the pocket, I was like, that dude's legs look long, dude. Like, when he's, when he's full sprint, he's covering some ground. Um, and, again, I think the read option, the speed option, all those things may come into play. But um, as far as stats go, I'm going to pull up his stat line real quick. I know we've got it on the ticker at the bottom, but I definitely want to get it pulled up here and kind of dive into it in, in a little I more detail. I got it in front of me if you want it. Yeah, let's let's hear it, man. Let's hear Jordan Love's stat line on the day. He went nine of fifteen, and like I said, um, those early misses was just him kind of warming up. It seems like we talked about he's got that Brett Favre in him where he's got a few rocket balls for the first couple throws he does. He gets a little tuned up, a little and, tuned uh, up, a little tuned up. I'm I'm tuned up, but uh, he 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 really does settle in and he looks poised. And like you talked about the rushing, I had it in my notes. I was like, Jordan can run, and I wrote that on like three different plays highlighted it and the way that he did it i don't know if you remember i don't remember which play it was but uh he took he's he he was in the pocket in the left side of the pocket he kind of blindly rolled to the left there was a defender that kind of got blocked into him and he stiffed armed him and then kind of backed away and then threw across his body and it was just a little bit out of reach it wasn't a great throw but to be able to do that I thought, I'm like, man, this dude is really, really good. And there was another one where he scrambled out to the left for 11 yards, just comfortably. Like you said, he's deceptively fast. And it's not the fact that he's a quick twitch guy. It just it looks long and effortless. Kind of like you said, Christian Watson, same thing. Just like a gazelle. Just very long strides that seem to leap in bounds. Um, and I just uh, I'm, I just really like his, his accuracy. On a couple, he should probably be more like, um, probably more like 11 of 15 for sure, maybe even 12 of 15. We had a couple drops, and I'm not really happy about that. Reed dropped a couple of really easy ones. Must, uh, Watson had yeah, a, yeah. that one that Watson was underthrown, and he had a double coverage, and he had to come back and stop his route for it. So I don't blame him necessarily for that yeah. drop. That was a very contested catch when he, he had five yards 
on that dude. So Love needed to put that ball way at least. He had to stop his route to, to hit that ball. But um, other than that, you know, I, I thought that he did very, very well. It was great to see just the like you said, like the mentality of this guy, he doesn't seem like anything phases him. I think that might be the best with Rogers. When he got mad, he got, you know, you're like, Oh, Rogers is mad. Now we're going, but it seems like so much for him to get that emotional response. Whereas love seems like you touch him the wrong way. He's just goes laser eyed. And he's like, all right. Like, you know what I mean? And it's, it's cool. Cool to see. And these guys are all so young, man. I I'm telling you, Again, this came down another preseason game where I felt like I was watching a regular season game. It came down to the last snap, and the defense comes around. And I will say, Benny Sapp only got that res- uh, that interception because if you watched, who was it? It came around the corner bending and almost had It was Brenton Cox Jr., Clayton. <laughs> Brenton Cox Jr., Jr. I'm, I'm eager to see what his final stat line was because I, I did not have it updated when the game ended. Let he me had look a real pass for a loss. He had a pass. Oh, yeah, look at this. Dude. And yeah. I'll guarantee you he had um a couple pressures. So I, I, I wouldn't get I wouldn't bet if I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a really decent PFF grade because he seemed he did have one of those uh plays where he collapsed really hard. He did kind of a bull rush and it allowed the quarterback, I don't remember what his name was, but he didn't turn outside on him to rush, but he could have easily turned outside on him. Once again, he did cut inside and the backer came in to seal that, that gap off. So it wasn't that much of a catastrophic play, but he set himself up for one of those things again. And I remember, remember Ryan talked about it and it was true. If you guys remember last game, I believe it was, he did it like one of those bull rushes where he just put his head down and just, he did to his credit, he pushed the tackle right into the backfield, but the quarterback just whoop, ran around him because he didn't steal the edge. And then he just ran in for the touchdown. So, but I'm just saying, man, I, I really do think he did play. Uh, do you, I, I have his stats in front of me here? Let me see if I can grab him. If you want to say something quick. Well, I was going to go to Tim real quick, and then we'll come back to that. Um, no, Tim, good. if you can hear us, man, go ahead and go ahead and speak up. I know you were at the game today, man. Uh, can you hear us all right? What's up, loud Tim? And clear, loud and clear. What's up, guys? Awesome. How you doing, Bubba? I'm doing great. I'm sitting on my couch already. I made it home. See, I don't want to hear that. That's that. Makes me so angry, Tim. I swear, man, that's freaking awesome, dude. <laughs> We're slowly figuring out the little the the sneaky ways to park on the street here, so we can just you know make a couple lefts and a right, and then we're home, kind of thing. So getting the hang of it. So awesome. That's how to do it, right there. Well, tell us your initial takeaways, man. What uh, what stood out to you there, being at Lambo? How was the vibe? I'll tell you this. This last podcast we did, gang, you heard me say, man, you remember in the 90s how you couldn't hardly hear the announcers because the crowd was so loud. Was Dude, loud. Today, it sounded it sounded loud today, Tim, on the TV. Is it Was that kind of how it was in the stadium to you? Absolutely. There was uh, – th- this was the closest of the preseason games, I think, to a, a actual true re- regular game day vibe, um, especially early on. Uh, we still got to get, get the uh, – the gold package people to understand when and when not to do the wave. That's still a a learning process. Um, (laughs) Of course, me being a person who went to the game with gold package tickets today. uh, So I'm, I'm preaching to all of us. We don't want to do the wave on offense guys. I mean, Sean Clifford's like trying to read this defense and you got people doing (laughs) the wave. Um, And to the point, where the announcer literally had to say something twice to the crowd. So you've got public address in Lambeau field saying, guys, save the wave for defense, save what the wave for defense. Um, so it was That's definitely a game day, true game day kind of vibe today, man. It was awesome. 
Good stuff. Um, good stuff. I did hear Jacob. Were you guys talking about that right when I jumped on you? Were you talking about that bomb to uh, Scoot that he that he dropped? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I my initial observation was the exact same. I looked at my wife and I said, "Man, as soon as he beat on that on that second move when he beat the DB, that ball should have been thrown." Yeah. And and if Jordan if Jordan would have threw that ball, I I'm willing to bet maybe half a second maybe three or four or five hundredths of a second sooner than he released it. That, that might've been a big play. You're yep. right. It, it was slightly underthrown, which, you know, it happens, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe you could attest to this because the announcer said Kevin uh, Harlan, uh, Kevin Harlan, I believe said that there was a weird swirling wind at the beginning of the game and that it looked like that love was throwing into the wind on that play. And that it's probably kind of why it got hung up. That's a hundred percent accurate. Uh, we had the full gamut of Wisconsin weather today. It was overcast, cloudy, then windy. Then we got rain. We sat in our seats about 40 minutes before kickoff and it was raining on us and it was dark and overcast and windy. And then by the start of the second half, it was beautiful and sunny and the wind calmed down a little bit. And so, yeah, early, early on that, uh, that win was a factor, which is why I was so impressed with our boy Anders Carlson drilling the, I believe that was, what was that? A 56 yarder. He hit yarder, 57 yarder. And you know what? You guys would be so proud because I, I stood up and I told everyone in our section, I said, he's going to make this. <laughs> I, I just, I did. And this is not, that's not a, a self brag. That's just confidence in the kid. And like we said the other night, man, make them when they matter. And that's what he did today. So I'm, I'm just, I'm still coming down from my, my game day, my game day excitement and high here. It was, it was a blast at Lambeau. That's awesome. Jacob, you were going to say something just a second ago. Did you have another stat or something you were going to hit on? If not, we can, uh, let me mention this. I want to kind of kick it off with this, to be honest with you. Um, Our boy, TJ Slayton, I'm telling you early in the game, when, when, when they had the starters in this dude, something has clicked. Now let's hope a positive test don't hit. I'm just saying because he looks like a different ball player. And did you guys see him do the grave digger? Did yes. you guys see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I came up off the couch. I was like, he just did the and I sent a tweet out. I couldn't find the video of him doing it, but I sent the tweet out with the video of 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 course our uh, our boy Gilbert. Gilbert Brown or yeah Gilbert doing it way way back in the day. Man, that's exciting, dude. The the fact that TJ Slayton knows about it, and somebody said, I wonder if Gilbert approved. My guess is Gilbert would be okay with it, but I'll tell you this, the fact that a young TJ Slayton knows what that 93 means and being that right. big guy in the middle, that is really cool, Jacob, really cool. No, that's, that's really, really awesome. I actually got the pleasure of meeting Gilbert Brown one time. That's a story for another day. It's really funny, actually. I literally jiggled his belly like a bowl full of jelly. Because that's about where I came up to him at the time. It was me and my cousin. It was funny. Uh, but – um. I did want to say that uh, that 57-yarder by Anders Carlson was the third longest in Lambeau Field history. Just pretty, pretty cool. Think about that. So now we maybe understand why they put a draft pick on this guy. That's that's some pretty high air to be flying around in. You know what I'm saying? So, and like, think of how cool it'll be when he hits a 60-plus yarder during the regular season. Do it. It sounded like that a lot of these kicks he's been making are good from. Like literally, they're saying they could probably be good from 65 plus. Is how big of a leg he has. 
So if that's the case, oh, and by the way, thank you, Mike Hebring, for the super chat. Justin Fields has thrown a total of nine passes in the preseason. Nine. It's literally the one thing he needs to work on, make it make sense. I was actually trying to find out if that was true. It is true, Mike, and he is uh, not looked very good. And people say, well, of those nine passes, he had like two touchdowns. He threw for negative four yards on those plays, I believe, or something along those lines. He had nothing to do with it. So I'll make sense for it right now. You ready for this, Mike? Uh-oh. The reason you've only seen him throw nine passes is the same reason that I shaved the side of my head. I've got a fat head, and I'm trying to hide it, right? That's the same exact reason they don't want him throwing that football because they're trying to hide it. It's going to be ugly, man. It's going to be real ugly. I'm just telling you. Anyway, go ahead, Jake. No, man, I mean, I'm just uh, – we can kind of get on to whatever you guys want to talk about. But there's so many cool things. Again, one thing, as we're all being real happy and, and positive, there was way too many false starts to start this game, and there was way too many kind of mental weird we, – we do seem like we start very slow – and it is a, it is nice that it seems as if we are really quick to adjust and that we don't get bogged down. I think Ryan talked about that in previous podcasts where in years prior, you make a mistake, Rodgers gets gloom, the offense gets gloom, nobody's allowed to have fun. It just seems like we're in a death trap spiral to, to just eventually losing. With this team, it seems like, okay, okay, you want to play it off? Okay. And then they okay. get like really – really ballsy and they get just really aggressive and they get um like Jordan Love dude again watching him run he it almost looked like the exact run that he did against what was it Cincinnati or no the, the Patriots where he could see that he's getting chased by a guy he sees that there's people in front of him he takes looks a little, back, peek, a little peek looks back takes a little notice at him and then just slides down and then yeah it's just it looks smooth it doesn't look like he's it looks like as if he were to have like I said the rest of those games that who knows what that stat line looks like? Because he is starting to pinpoint in around, around right around when the second quarter starts. It seems like this guy starts to turn on. And I'm so excited to see what the other three quarters of football will look like. Especially if, because our defense, Tim, maybe you can take over and start talking about this side of the ball. Our defense today, finally that D-line, in my opinion, I saw Lucas Vanessa specifically on a couple of plays. Real quick before I hand it off to you, as Clayton talked about Slayton, I have it right here. On uh, the second, oh yeah, it's with the first possession by Seattle. On a third, on a second, I'm sorry, on the first down, it was Clark and Vanessa, a one-yard loss. The second and 11, Vanessa got good pressure. There's a short pass to Nixon. Third and seven, a slant to result, 10-yard gain for a first down. But then on that series that started over, Slayton plays the run nicely for a one-yard run. And then on second and nine, he has a pressure that he probably won't get a lot of credit for, but it had to be a dump off for six yards. But the guy was in the backfield. Like he looked like, he looked like an edge rusher at, you know, how big he is. So I'm just saying guys. And then after that, Valentine, if you guys remember, he cut the route off on that little uh, turnaround route and he almost had a pick six. He dropped an easy pick six. Valentine had, would have had another splash play and would have looked like the best seventh round he's ever drafted in the last 10, 15, 20 years. So. Yeah, he, he actually popped up in my notes a couple of times. He didn't play perfect, but I thought he played really good. Um, yeah. I want to say this. Uh, thank you again, Mike Hebring, for the uh, super chat. We got Goose with the super chat. Thanks, Goose. We appreciate it. He said, let's give him something to talk about. Let's talk about love. 65%. 65. <laughs> 65%. 65%. That's what we- is he 65% today? If he was, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't let's think he's actually right. I think he was 9 of 15. No, that's – I don't – no. I think that ain't going to be quite 65, but hey, close enough, Goose. We appreciate it, man. Thanks, Goose. We, uh, 
we definitely appreciate the passion there. And when it came to carrying Carrington Valentine, he was in my notes early in the first quarter. Um, he had just does a phenomenal job breaking on the ball. You can see that. I'm going to try to. I'm going to do a chalk talk in the morning. And when I do that chalk talk, I'm going to try to include some Carrington Valentine to show you guys how he breaks on the ball. Um, it's really, really impressive. Also, he did a great job uh, forcing the edge on a run play where he literally cut the edge off. He And I don't even know if he was technically the force defender, but he came down, played the edge, cut it off, forced the guy back inside for a short gain. So um, Carrington Valentine is showing a lot of promise, man. I, he's, he's made the roster. There's no doubt about that. Now it's just a matter of, how much playing time is he going to get during the season? You know, of course, without the injuries. We don't want any injuries to our starters, right, obviously. But I'm, I'm eager to see if he battles his way into that starting lineup. But from the defensive side of the ball, Tim, um, anything stand out to you, man, right off the bat? Well, looking at my uh, cell phone notes here uh, from Section 111, uh, the thing that stood out to me was Zay McDuffie played really well today. I feel like he had a solid game. Um that uh, pass interference he was called for was total BS. At best, it was a hold. It looked like a hold. It looked like a hold before the ball released, which would have been a difference in uh, field position there. I think the officials got a bad call there. But um, he he played really aggressive today. Um, that stood out to me. And also, uh, Brenton Cox Jr., uh, I'm sure Jacob's already tooted the horn already. Um, but several several pressures – from him and he just seemed to be involved in everything and he just he just looked really really good and also the thing that uh i can i obviously take valentine off my notes because we can't say enough about him uh the thing that stuck out to me was um sjc man shamar Jean charles looked really good in the open field there were a couple of plays that um it was just him and you know he's not a big dude but he made some really solid open field plays to uh to stop some bigger gains. So I think, um, and you know, got, you guys talked about the Lucas monster. Um, yeah, he was, uh, they were getting creative with him. Now, I don't know if this play I'm thinking of was like a mistake or if they were getting creative, but I think it was in the second quarter and I looked over and I, I even said something to Mrs. Green. I said, they got Lucas Van Ness matched up on the slot receiver. <laughs> I said, I said, is this for, I said, wait a minute, is this for real? And then he, he went in there for a good minute. And then he moved over to the edge and Quay, Quay kind of shifted to the, to the slot receiver. It was a clear run play. And I, I even think Van Ness got in on the, on the stop there too. He, he crashed and got in on the, the run stop, but it was just funny to like, like kind of see that, like, Oh my God, like, are we going to, are we going to put this guy mashed up in the slot? Like, Oh my goodness. But no, I was very proud of our defense, and um, I was proud that after they gave up that big game towards the end, I, I kind of just looked over and I was like, man, this game's going to end on a pick. I can feel it. Let's get a pick and let's go home. And Valent was that Valentine that almost had No, who who was the one who almost had it? Valentine. That was. And it yeah. just skipped off the turf. And then a, oh, a few so plays that was, later. That was actually Hooper. You're thinking of Oh, William. that was Hooper, right? Austin Hooper? Yeah. William, not oh, William, Hooper. William Hooper, not a, wrong, wrong Hooper. Um, but yeah, one just barely skipped off the turf. And you know what? It's like Clayton always says, man, the hell with sacks, man. Let's get pressures. Pressures create turnovers. And we were pressuring that quarterback, which was very re refreshing to see uh, being a fan of this defense and waiting, you know, the better part of the last three seasons to really see that. Um, 
I think the boys did a great job today. There, there's obviously things to correct, but there's a lot to be excited about with our defense today. Yeah, obviously, other than, other, other than maybe. The only thing that stood out to me was uh, was Enos Gaines got beat for that touchdown. I yeah. think Enos Gaines had a – he had kind of a rough day, and that doesn't bode well for him, you know, as far as making the roster. Now, of course, he him being that, that you know, what Paul Paul Brettel refers to as the backup nickel, right, um, that carries a lot of weight, a lot of value. But when he got beat for that touchdown, it's like, oh, man, that, that might make or break him making this roster because that DB room is so – it's so heavy. And, of course, like we said, Benny sat there at the end. And you could tell, like you said, Tim, and, and I could kind of feel it there at the end too. It's like they were playing enough. It wasn't prevent, but they were playing enough coverage that it was like they were just waiting for the opportunity. Eventually, two things are going to happen for the Seahawks. They're going to run out of time, and they're going to run out of field. That's what's going to happen. And everything's just going to get closed in. And it was absolutely awesome seeing Benny Sapp get that, that game-winning interception at the end. It sounded a lot like this. <laughs> Took it down the sideline, turned over with my guys, gave the football to a little kid wearing 23. <laughs> it was it kind of felt like a little job, man, a little swag. And then and then for them to all run out of the opposite end zone, do a Lambo leap and celebrate with the fans. Just a great way to end the preseason. Guys, we don't know how the season's gonna go, but I'm gonna say this. I don't think the preseason could have went any better. I mean, no. you've seen you seen Jordan Love as as people were saying here in the chat. If I could find the uh the chat here, I don't get too mixed up. Um Someone in the chat was talking about, man, it's great to have a mobile quarterback again. And, again, that's not a knock against Rodgers. It's just you've got a quarterback that's young. I think it was SoPro here. Yeah, SoPro said um, it feels good seeing a mobile quarterback. I mean, the guy's just got he, – he just – I can't say it enough. He looks so calm in the pocket. He looks so poised. And when he decides to go, Jacob, he freaking goes. There's no hesitation. Right. And, he, and he's still kind of looking to make the play. Um, one of the negatives I had on offense, Jaden Reed, I think he had two drops that I counted. Yeah. Which we've been talking about that. Like, man, that's something that just hasn't showed up this this whole offseason. And you kind of expect it from a rookie. So I guess I'm coming away saying, OK, Jaden Reed is human. We can we can check that off the list now. Right. But maybe you can get some of those drops out of the way before we get into the regular season. Um, let's see here. Cornelius in the chat said Brooks and Wooden. Uh, fire. If I remember correctly, I believe Carl Brooks had a pass deflection too at the line of scrimmage, which you've seen that over and over this preseason, Jacob. He's he's one of them guys that keeps getting in the throwing lane with that big frame. Yeah, they didn't have a lot of stats. They're pretty much at the bottom, both of them. They didn't have no tackles, nothing like that, but they had a bunch of pressures. I shouldn't say a bunch, but I'm sure they had some pressures and some hurries. And uh, I'm just, I'm over the moon. Again, I tried to watch Devontae Wyatt because I wanted to see some stuff from him. It seems like they're almost putting more of a double team on him than they did with Kenny Clark on a few plays. And you saw Kenny Clark randomly get um, some pressure on a few plays. So that's a little interesting dynamic. They did also seem to do like a five-man um, five defensive line kind of front where I believe it was like Hollins and like Preston on the other side. And they had Slayton in the middle, Wyatt, and Clark. And I'm like, ooh, that's kind of cool. Like, I'll tell you what that's called, just, just for those of you listening. That is called a 34 jam. No. 34 jam, yeah. yeah you, you had three down linemen, right? Three defensive linemen or no? Yeah, it looked like it, but it seemed almost like that the, the – yeah, yeah, you're right. Three down linemen and two edges were kind of in a – So a they, they typically refer to that as 34 jam when the, when the nose tackle is playing what they call shade. He's playing zero technique directly over the center, and you've got a five-man front, a quick way for the offense to kind of decipher that as they refer to it. They refer to it as jam. You can run a 43 jam as well, 
But of course, us having a 34 defense is called 34 jam. Go ahead, though, man. I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I just when we get those those different kind of fronts, I want to kind of point them out so you guys can get used to hearing on every all the listeners um, of those different fronts because it is important. It, it determines uh, how a defense you know reacts to the play. You can kind of understand where the gap responsibilities are, at least cheat in that direction. And the offense's perspective, you'll start to catch a, a few tendencies of okay, they, they're showing a jam here. They like to run weak side when they run a jam or they like to boot right off the jam, things like that will come into play as the season goes along. Yeah, no, one thing I did want to highlight that was just really crazy. I, this is a little bit jumping to a different section here about the offense, but if you remember randomly in the middle of the game, we started to see this crazy up-tempo from Jordan Love in the offense where and even John Kuhn and I believe Harlan said in the, uh, they're like, oh, are they trying to do a random two minute drill with the first quarter running down the turbo package? They called, they called a timeout with 15 seconds left in the first quarter for no reason, apparently, other than the fact that they were trying to mimic. I bet you they said, Jordan Love, treat this almost as if like you got, you know, 20 seconds left on the clock. And this, the first quarter is really the second quarter kind of thing. And then when you look at the team stats, I don't think we realize how much we really did win this game. It says 1915 on the scoreboard, but we had 23 first downs to their 14. We were nine of 18 on third downs to their six of 14. We were one of three to their fourth down uh, to fourth down efficiency where there were zero of zero, but we had 77 total plays to their 54, which again, we talked about the up-tempo stuff. We had 342 total yards to their 279. We did both have 11 drives. Yards per play, they actually outbeat us there. And then passing yards, we had 178 to their 205, but 164 rushing yards to their 74. And the time of possession, the Green Bay Packers had 37 minutes to their 22. That's a pretty yeah. – that, that's a lot. That's a very big swing. Usually you don't see like a 15-minute swing like that. That's That's crazy. Definitely, definitely. Let's see, we got split screen game in, in the chat. Uh, the D line's going to be insane with Gary back. O lines in the fourth quarter will be so gassed. I'm almost worried for opposing quarterback safety. I want to say this shout out to split screen gaming. He just became a new member of the channel. Welcome hey, to the posse, to the uh, PTA posse, man. And uh, again, you'll be uh, entered into that that drawing for the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey as well. And we're going to be doing some cool stuff for our YouTube members as well. And again, guys, if you're interested in that, it's it's just something, just a way that we can kind of uh, you can support the stream, and we can do some stuff to to uh, to kind of uh, highlight people that are supporting the stream and helping us out. So, um, Tim, another one that stood out to me today, and I heard some people in the chat earlier. I read it, um, Isaiah McDuffie. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie to me looked good, dude, he, and and he was a great special teams player last year. I think he was our best special teams player, if I remember correctly. Um, and uh, today, the thing that I had wrote down was he had great pursuit, great tackling. He was always around the ball, and that dude was – I mean, he was showing up to finish. Did Isaiah McDuffie stand out to you any at all? And and as we were chatting, did anyone else kind of come to mind? Yes, definitely. I'm glad you, you brought up uh, Isaiah McDuffie because that is our guy if Devondre Campbell's not on the field. That's something that we are going to need to keep an eye on. If you're not watching – Isaiah McDuffie play football. You got to watch him because um, solid backup might be an understatement. I mean, there's probably, you know, 10 or 20 teams in this league that guy could go start for right now at that position. I love the way he plays that position. And it's good to see him. He has a chemistry and kind of a, a back and forth, a really good relationship with Quay Walker. So to see those two 
having to be out there. Um, yeah, McDuffie was definitely on my notes today. Um, like I said, I felt like, uh, he got a little handsy on that one. They called him for a PI. Um, I thought maybe, maybe a little holding penalty instead of the, the spot file, but, uh, you know, that's what you want to see on, on your, on your Mike linebackers, right? You want, you want guys in the middle playing aggressive. You, you want, you want to see that pursuit. You want to see the pursuit to the flat, you know, sideline to sideline and getting downhill and, you know, getting back. If you have to fall back, we did see a couple of the trademark, um, you know, underneath middle of the field kind of plays on us today, which again, we know is part of this, this overall scheme of keeping in front of us, bend, don't break. Um, but a lot of times we can take that away with good middle linebacker play. And McDuffie is, he's, he is, he's, a, he's a standout to me. He has been since camp. I've talked about him during camp too. I thought he had a really good camp. Um, you know, he had some mistake early that he corrected and he's constantly on the upward swing. Um, on the defensive side, other than, other than him uh, and Brenton Cox really being on my notes, um, I'm, uh, uh, is it Eric Wilson? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. Eric Wilson. He flashed a little bit today too. I don't know if you guys have any notes on him. I just kind of like quickly jotted his name down. Um, he yeah. seemed to be not everywhere, but he made a few plays today. Yeah. He had three total tackles, one solo. He's a really you, – uh, Clayton, you talked about um, – I can't remember exactly who you said was maybe our best special teamer. Statistically, I believe our best special teamer was Eric Wilson um, last nice. year and uh, uh, Tyler Davis, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Um, so but, uh, other guy was up he's there. Injured, yeah, he's not He's not there. Yeah. Right? Rest <laughs> in peace to, to his season. McDuffie was up there, though. He was like top – three top five i believe for sure so and mcduffie had five total tackles three solo really did look good and i believe like you said that call on him was a little ticky tacky regular season i think maybe they adjust that like you said so yeah what a name too right like if that ain't a a, like a middle linebacker name just like isaiah mcduffie that just that sounds like a guy you do not want to get into a fight with yeah, it's funny. I kept calling him. I think it was OJ McDuffie. I kept calling him because that was a, a, a really good wide receiver for the Dolphins in the nineties. Yeah, so, and they may be related. I don't know. But um, another thing that stood out too. Did you guys see the third down conversion to Luke Musgrave in the flat? Yes, a few yards. Had a little bit of yak. Did you see that, Jacob? Yeah. yeah, that was a great play. I actually have that in my notes. Um, and it was one of those plays too, where I think Jordan, that was at least his second or third read, I believe on the play, if I'm thinking of the right one. And what's cool is that they had a guy out in front of him that kind of led block, uh, led blocked for him. So that was more like, um, it was just like, a more, yeah, I saw him put his head down power play, put his shoulder down, get ahead for like a good two yards ahead of the, the first down. And it was like, okay, we got some, uh, we got some stuff here. Tucker Kraft had a decent catch too. He did have that false start, but he did have a decent catch. I believe I got to, like I said, I watched every single snap that Jordan Love was in the game for, and then I listened to the rest and then got to watch like the last five minutes of the game. So I had a pretty good understanding. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now... Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. God, I want to say congratulations to Garrett Stritzel, who became a YouTube member. Appreciate the support, man. Garrett, Garrett's always got the jokes. He had one up here. I got to get back to it here. He uh, he always calls me out on my hair. Let's see here. Where's it at? There it is. He said, man, the Packers have more highlights this preseason than Clayton's Mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> the only highlights in this hair, brother, is the gray. And let me tell you, Garrett, it is creeping in quick, dude. It is on its way. So uh, congratulations, man. Appreciate you supporting the uh, the channel. Let's go to yeah. Let's go to Brad. He's got a super chat. Brad, uh, appreciate you uh, for the super chat there, man. He says Eagles released Dan Arnold today, 28 years old. Do you think we have interest? I'm I'm assuming that might be a kicker. Maybe I don't know. Um, let's look it up. I uh, go ahead, Tim. Tell us something else smart as I look that up. We'll figure out who it is. Can we shift to the uh, offense a little? Yeah, absolutely. Let's do it, man. Because because we talked about this, I believe, within the last 24 to 48 hours. We got a heavy dose of Caleb Jones at left tackle. I was jumping up and down when they broke the huddle, and I saw him go to the left side. People were looking at me like I was nuts. I was just so <laughs> excited to see him finally on that side of the line. Um, and he looked decent. He looked pretty solid. I didn't see massive issues there. Um, as a matter of fact, I believe he was at left tackle um, when Magoo hit Jadakiss Bonds for that absolute bomb up the sideline. I could be wrong, though. Again, di- you, you get a different perspective watching it there versus 
being on TV. It's funny when, when I come home and watch the highlights, it's almost like watching a, a whole nother game again. But uh, I think uh, Caleb, Caleb looked really good there at the left tackle spot, which was, uh, it was just fun to, to see him play there. I've been asking for that for weeks now. It was, it was cool. Gotcha. Good stuff. So Dan Arnold, from what I understand, I believe he was a, he's a tight end, and you guys can confirm that for me. Six six two forty. I'm believing that's the, the Dan Arnold they're talking about. So that sounds uh, like a tight end right there. We don't yeah, need him. We have Austin. Kind of thin. Kind of thin at tight end, right? No. Go ahead, Jacob. Now I'm just saying we got Austin Allen. He's six eight. That's like two <laughs> tight ends. Our guy's taller. <laughs> let's see oh oh, here this right here's some good good information split screen game said don't believe we had any botch snaps today by the way that's That's a a good thing i think we had a couple penalties early but no botch snaps you're right by the way special teams guys anders carlson when it matters as we talked about just the other day it seems like when there's like actual game time pressure real pressure because it was the two preseason games the family night the scrimmages he's like yeah, I think he's only missed twice in that situation, and I don't blame him for the block kick. I blame more of like the the blocking there. Absolutely, and a fifty-seven yarder again, fifty-seven yards, guys. That's 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 happy. Let's be happy. And that yeah. there was wind. This was not like ideal conditions, yeah. and exactly. and people were like, "Oh, the wind was at his back a little." It's like, yeah, his back, his side, his front swirling in from the left and from the right. Like, if you <laughs> stopped and looked at the flags on the goalpost long enough, just when you thought you were tracking the wind, it changed. So yeah. I think he did very good today, considering. And the field was a little little damp there at, at that point too. Like I said, we had some rain uh, before the game, so it was. It was just nice to see him drill that one, man. That felt great. How about this? Yeah, I... yeah go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. Sorry. Do you want to switch gears? I just had I one. Gonna We're going to go to the phones, but go ahead, man. Just one last thing. I yeah. think today it's it's really weird to say it because if I'm not mistaken, yeah, let me check. Emmanuel Wilson had 17 carries for 49 yards. He averaged 2.9. But in my mind, Patrick Taylor kind of solidified himself as running back three. And I don't know if that makes sense. It's just because of the fact that, like, he just seemed so smooth with it. He seemed like he was much more under control. Even though they gave Emmanuel Wilson so many more attempts, I just for some reason think that Patrick Taylor earned that spot as wide or uh, running back three. Yeah, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But all right, let's go to the phones. We got Mike Hebring on the line here. Mike, how you doing, Bob? I'm good, guys. How are you guys? What's up, Mike? We're, doing great, man. We're over here geeking out over a little preseason football. You know we got the football bug, dude. That's for sure. What did you think of the game, man? What, what stood out to you? Well, a couple things. First thing is the kicking game. I mean, uh, Mason Crosby's not making that 57-yard field goal, he sh- and he sure as heck isn't kicking those balls out of the end zone. So yeah. it was good to see. Uh, give, it, give it up to Anders Carlson today. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. I'll tell you when he, he boomed that 57 yarder, like, like Tim was talking about to oh well, the wind was at his back. Uh, I have never been in the stadium and just been like, Oh, yep. The wind is staying directly in that direction. It's especially at Lambeau. It's constantly swirling. Um, but yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought he had a good, good game today. And, and again, people were and something that Tim talked about in the past too. Um, people were kind of underselling the fact that he can kick it through the end zone. Like you were saying, Mike, that that's important, man. It really is. 
Yeah, how how many times the last couple seasons, you know, the the opposing team starting on the 35, 40 yard line almost constantly. And, you know, the the Packers defense got their their backs against the wall right away. So it's just a nice change uh, seeing that ball go through the end zone. Yeah, definitely. Garrett Stritzel in the chat said defensive end Gibson uh, from the Chicago Bears requested a trade today. Now think about who was the running back uh, earlier in the year, Jacob, that that went to – I think he went to Detroit and he was dogging the Bears. Um, It was was their best running back. Who was it again? It was Montgomery. So you can tell, man, they've got a culture problem down there in Chi-Town, man. There's no doubt about it. Uh, These guys constantly wanting out. But Go ahead. I just – Randomly, I want to be on note because I think this might happen. I heard Ryan say how he has a hot take, and he's mad that he didn't say it before it came true. Jonathan Taylor is going to be traded to the Chicago Bears, and they're going to trade him like for Rashawn Johnson or maybe like uh, who's the other guy, Foreman, or maybe uh, Khalil, and they're going to give him some other draft pick, and they're going to act like that it's going to be the best backfield in the history of the NFL. I, I really do see that kind of for some reason happening, but I just wanted to be on record saying that I, I said it. So, there you go. Sorry. Right. Go ahead, hey, Mike. Mike. Let me ask you this, Mike, and, and then we'll get to anything else you got before we let you go. What did you think of Jordan Love today? Well, I'm, I'm trying not to fan out here, but from what I've seen, I was I was pretty <laughs> excited with the outcome. Did anything stand out to you uh, from Jordan Love's play? Anything you liked, didn't like, could work on? Well, I just think, I just think, like Jacob said earlier, it's just kind of what we've been seeing, right? I mean, he comes out, he's he, he looks a little shaky to start, but yep. then, you know, he just gets in a – he gets in that that mode where he he looks like he's in total control. I love the way he run the ball today. Um, you know, yeah. just confident and you know being careful. Um, um, but no, I thought he was uh, pretty much what we've been seeing. Very good. Definitely, I agree. Um, and and again, there's going to be ups and downs. We all know that. And that's what I love about the Packers fan base. I don't see a bunch of Packer fans that are sold one way or the other. I think everybody's pretty realistic. Like, look, we don't know what this season's going to hold, but Jordan showed flashes. He showed that he can make those throws. Now the question is how consistent can he be and uh, and how much is he going to protect the football, which I think he's done an excellent job protecting the football. We have Paul Brettel on, I think it was the night before last on the show, and he was talking about that very thing, that it's like he has a very, very, very good gauge on when to push the ball down the field, and when to let up a little bit and kind of protect the ball and uh, and maintain that you know that turnover differential aspect of the game. So I think he's going to do great, man. Um, I think we're going to look up again. Just give me a two to one uh, touchdown to interception ratio, and and just a few rushing touchdowns. And I think this team's going to be in contention for the playoffs. So um, anything else you got, Mike? Before we let you go, bud. Yeah, just one thing. Kind of getting back to the kicking game. Well, typical Pete Carroll. Icing a kicker in a preseason game. Are you kidding me? Or oh, what? Did you hey did you see Matt LaFleur's face, Mike? I did not. No. He he literally went. Looked and looked up and then it showed the Seattle Seahawks sideline. And if I understood correctly, this is just my read on it. I could be wrong. Pete Carroll looked back at one of his assistants and he looked upset too. So it kind of made me think, did an assistant call a timeout? Or was Pete Carroll just kind of being like, "Oh, the hell with it. We're going to call a timeout. I don't care. But I thought that was pretty crappy, too, man, trying to ice a kicker during the yeah. preseason. Yeah. Just I'll, typical, I'll typical say thank Pete. you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. He, need, he needs that. He needs that, though. We lucked out. That's good. Let's see if they try to ice them during the season. Yeah. Again, like, like Mike said, it's kind of a douche move. But at the same time, yeah, yeah extra experience, right? 
Well, Pete Carroll is no stranger to douche moves. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, took it down. A- <laughs> all right, Mike, anything else, buddy? No, not at all. Thanks, guys. It's been fun. Thanks, Mike. Hey, you're the man, buddy. We appreciate the super chat, and thank you for always tuning in and supporting the stream, man. You were, you were awesome, bud. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, take care, pal. It was Mike Hebring, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, let's see what else we got here. Malik Heath kind of showed up again in my eyes, man. He made a couple of contested catches there. That dude just looks tough. He looks tough. What did his stat line end up being? Let me pull it up real quick. We got four catches for 35 yards um, with a long of 15. He was targeted seven times, though. I'd have to go back and watch the tape to see if it was his fault or the quarterback's fault. Yeah. But, again, uh, four more catches. Uh, what did you think of Malik Heath? Do we still feel like he's making the roster here, guys? Uh, Jacob, you go first. Do you think he's making the roster? What do you think? Yeah, he's making this roster, and I, I, I'd argue that he may be over Samari Torre because this guy, Romeo Dobbs couldn't play today for whatever reason. They're just being precautious with a little lingering semi-injury kind of thing. They put him basically in that X position, and he was the possession receiver. And he sh- he showed again that he's not he's not afraid to throw his body out there, contort, and take a hit to secure the catch. He did have a couple. I think he had one drop that was pretty much on him that he acknowledged, but he did have another good uh, slate of some blocking reps. I think he had one where he missed one a little bit, but I think that he makes this team. He, uh, Jadakus Bonds had two catches for 60 yards. The longest was 52 after two targets. But like you said, Lee Keith with four receptions off of seven targets, it's clear that they were kind of looking at him, giving him a make it or break it type uh, game. And I think that he did enough today to show that he is, again, he's just a dog. He's, I think that he is a lock like Adam, Adam Block says he's a lock. I didn't even know it. Nate the Great (laughs) says Malik Keith is solid. So, yeah, man, I'm just – I'm on the same boat. I think that he's for sure our wide receiver six at least, at least. We got uh, Larry in the chat, Um, actually a member of the the PTA posse here. He said the D looked to be getting pressure all day with four. Haven't seen that consistently for quite some time. Uh, Tim, what did you think about the defensive front? I've seen a couple of times Lucas Van Ness – uh, quick, quick first step, quick twitch, got into the backfield a couple of times. Now I have to go back and look at the tape and see how many plays he actually made. But to me, he looked like he was comfortable up there on the defensive front. And I felt like the defensive front, Mandy was actually in the room with me during the first quarter. And when Kenny got back there and made that tackle for, a, I believe it was a tackle for a loss. He blew up the play. She, her, her words said it best. She just said, Kenny's a freaking beast. That's all she said, <laughs> which I love. Um, what'd you think, Tim, about the defensive front, man? Anything stand out to you there? I agree. It kind of what what you just said that that Mandy mentioned. You know, we're going to get to see that Kenny Clark beast mode this year because of the talent we have everywhere else on this line. It's like, you know, how many guys are you going to double? Let's be honest. What how can you you how are you going to account for the pressure that's coming up the gut and off the edge and possibly from the slot? <laughs> like you know, I, I had said this before, man, this does have it. They're young, but this looks like it could be a really smothering problem defense for NFL offenses. And uh, I was quite pleased with everybody that we saw getting back there today. Um, we talked about um, Keyshawn Banks earlier. Um, I was keeping my eye on him, even seeing him. There were quite a few plays that if that play would have been extended just a little longer, he might have got home. Like he was, he was working 
his man and he was like maybe a half a second behind of, of actually, you know, winning that battle and getting home. So there's so much potential. And then you combine the potential with what we're seeing translating to the field already with guys that are absolutely executing. You know, we talked about Slayton. We talked about Kenny Clark. Um, Lucas Van Ness is uh, you can see the changes from camp translating to the field. And uh, there's, there's, a lot of reasons to be excited about our defense this year for real. Yeah, definitely. Uh, John Schmidt in the chat said, uh, Heath, obviously ahead of Torre, is he ahead of Wicks or was that injury? I, I, I know this Torre to me seems to be sinking a little bit, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's so much that Torre's playing bad as it is. Um, you know, Heath is just falling. Heath looks like he could be a solid NFL wide receiver, man. And, and again, I know it's preseason, but when people say, oh, it's preseason, you can't judge it. Okay. So how else am I supposed to judge a guy who's consistently getting at the, out of the top of his stem into the break and making a catch in triple coverage, taking a hit, losing his helmet, getting up and, and just fired up to be on the freaking field. How else am I supposed to judge that? Right? Like he, to me, he shows everything you need in a wide receiver. And that may be another one of those Brian Gutekunst, um, just, uh, just gems that he found, you know. I'm glad and, you know, they gave him number 18. Yeah, dude. Every time I see it, too, it brings a tear to my. Eye. I'm just kind of like, man. I remember another 18 that was willing to go over the middle and take a lick, too. You know. Now he's right. built a little different, but he's just one of those guys, man. To me, I don't, I don't want to overstep here because Alan Lazard just got paid 10 million dollars, right, per year on average. But Heath, I have not seen Heath one minute of this preseason, one second of this preseason, I haven't looked at Heath and been like, uh, he's significantly worse than Lazard. To me, if anything, he looks like he's almost on the same level as Lazard. He really does. Do you agree with that, Jacob? I mean, I would say that uh, surpasses Lazard because he has the blocking capability. He has that, like we talked about, that dog. He'll block you into the freaking into your own sideline, into your water cooler. So, And then the fact that I think that he's a better receiver, more nimble, more physical – um, maybe not as handed just in certain situations because Lazard seemed like he could toss him up anything on third down and he'd come down with it. But I think that Malik Keith has a much more ceiling type scenario with his athletic floor, you know, with has with has with his athleticism. I think that he could just be, and like you said, he just seems tough. He seems like he's, he, he's excited. Cornelius in the chat talks about how he thinks he's, he's a wide receiver four right now. I could, I can honestly see that he's playing that physical right now. And I know we all know Matt LaFleur loves big wide receivers that are not afraid, afraid to get dirty when they block. And this dude seems like he is, he's pretty aggressive. So let's go. Yeah, No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Let me go ahead and share this for this next one. Um, If I could find it, Dakota said what we talked about earlier. Did anybody talk about TJ Slayton doing the Gilbert Brown celebration? (laughs) Yeah. For, for anyone out there that doesn't know what we're talking about, like I said, I, I don't have the TJ Slayton one yet. I'm going to try to put it on Chalk Talk tomorrow, though, because it, it was just a fun thing to, to watch happen. The nostalgia overload was absolutely awesome. But you can see the screen, right, Jacob? All right. Yeah. All right, so this is the Gilbert Brown grave. This is what he's talking about. They call him the grave digger. He acts like he's digging a, digging a grave after he makes a play in the backfield. But check him out. Now, they'll kind of freeze frame it, freeze frame it, and then you'll see it at the end. Love it, dude. Love it. I'm telling you, if TJ Slayton does that this year, I'm going to lose my mind, bro, because that's probably been the, the most pleasant surprise of them all so far this year, guys, is the fact that that T.J. Slayton 
I mean, he just – I don't know where it came from. Like, when I went back and watched that tape last – you know, from the, the last five games of last season and then stepping right into preseason, it's like this is not the same player. And you just see it. You see the burst. You see the strength. You see everything that you need in an in, in, in interior uh, defensive lineman. And it's not just in the run. Like, in the passing game is where he's excelled the most. It's like, where did this come from, dude? It's And, you again, you got to go back to the opening pressers. And Matt LaFleur said earlier in camp, Jacob, he was like, or Tim, he was like, you know, the he, he mentioned TJ Slayton. And there was somebody else he mentioned, too, that he said they, he felt like they took really, really big steps. It was TJ Slayton. It might have been Romeo Dobbs. But those are the two that stood out to me. Um, but with TJ, it was like, I seen that on tape at the end of the year. I heard Matt LaFleur say that. We hear about it in camp practice. We've seen it in what basically at least two preseason games, if not all three so far. Um, and, and again, it's one thing to say, okay, we've seen this on tape. We're hearing rumors about it. But when you hear about them in camp, starting him on the nickel defense and putting him in place of Devontae Wyatt, that says all we need to hear, right, Tim? Absolutely. And it says that, you know, for for all the heat they've caught from us fans, this coaching staff gets it. And when we see things like this happening, they're putting the the best men on the field situationally. At down in and down out is what we want to do. And we got to hone that rotation. And when you've got depth, why wouldn't you use it? Right. What's, what's the, what's good about having depth. If you're not going to, you're not going to plug and play with some guys. And if you look at the defense and really this offense too, that's almost what we're predicated on is guys being able to plug and play and, and get in there situationally and get us off the field when we need to be and, and staying on the field when we need to be. And I think we did a lot of that today. You know, we came up a, a few times short and we, we gave up some first downs, but we also got off the field on third down. And that's what I've been preaching forever is get off the field on third down. I don't care. Yeah. Third and 10, third and short, whatever, get off the field. And, uh, th- th- they looked a lot better. Like I said, I was fired up boys. I was fired up in the stands. It, you would have thought it was a playoff game watching me, man. Cause it was just <laughs> so good to see the fellas out there playing you know, everybody, I think, for the most part today, they did. They played to their potential or higher today. I don't think anybody, you know, nobody um, half-assed it today, man. They 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 left it on the field, and they were playing hard today. It was good to see. Yeah, I completely agree. Back to the offensive side of the ball. Um, Zane in the chat said, Kurt Warner had another breakdown on Jay Love versus the Patriots. He did good again. Um, I, I watched the same breakdown. I don't want to sit here and say, yeah, I confirm – what a hall of, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback said, but everything he was saying, I was going. I, I was waiting for Kurt to smack me in the back of the head and go, "Hey, listen, knucklehead, he did this bad and you missed it." But everything kind of lined up with what I seen on tape, and of course, we seen the back shoulder throw to Christian Watson again. Jordan, Jordan, look <laughs> at Jacob. I just stole his thunder. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Roadhouse. So <laughs> the, obviously, Christian underthrew the uh the deep ball or i'm sorry jordan underthrew the deep ball to christian watson that's the way i seen it i know some people were saying no it was a drop i i personally think it was severely underthrown yeah. now you've heard jordan say that the coaching staff um uh, both the quarterback coach and matt lafleur saying we want to put we want him to put a little more air under that ball right so he started doing that you've seen that all year long all preseason long but then that back shoulder throw, it was a good read too, man. And and again, Jordan's just standing tall in the pocket, knows where the play is, exactly what 
Greg Cosell talks talks about elimination, isolation. You come to the line of scrimmage, okay, what are we not going to do here? What are we going to eliminate from the playbook? Not even the playbook, but the scheme from this specific play that's called. Okay, they're overloaded here. They got a single high safety. Our matchup is over here on the left with this one-on-one. Elimination, then isolation. All right, there's our isolation play. What are we doing? Are we going back shoulder? Are we going quick slant? It was a back shoulder play, and he, I thought it was a great throw, great catch. Uh, Christian Watson and Jordan Love is going to be a connection in the red zone this year, Jacob. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So I was going to say back shoulder touchdown uh, throw to Watson for its six yards. It was a thing of beauty. It was very, very precise pinpoint. Took advantage of the defensive back that probably was thinking like, oh, Watson, I know he's going to do that like end zone corner route or something like that. Watson sold it very perfectly, turned around, and it was just a beautiful ball. And that will – that, that that end caps three consecutive preseason games where Love's last t- a pass of the game is a touchdown throw. Really? That's, I didn't think about it. That's pretty freaking cool if you think about that. Now, most of those happened either in the late in the first or early, well, mid first quarter to early second quarter to mid second quarter on this one. To end that series, Love went seven of 10 for 60 yards. It was a 15 play drive. Guys, we have every reason to believe just as soon as he starts humming, we pull this dude, right? And this is as we're playing, maybe not necessarily the starters of the starters, but we're, we have a, a decent amount. For how young and inexperienced we're supposed to be, we should be able to go against, you know, certain teams, and they should be able to make us look silly if we're not a good and, and competitive team. I really think that we should help hold our heads high. People are sleeping on us. People are not giving us the due credit that we deserve with our defense, with the special teams even running a little bit better than they were for the last two or three years. This could be, and if love is, it, I mean, if that 87, what is it, 87.1 PPF grade, if that even sinks down to like a 78, we're still in good shape because I think our defense is for real. It's shown us that it's for real. Let's yeah. go. Definitely. Listen to this. We got, we got the first hot take of the night here. Comes from split screen game, and he said, "Hot take, but Love may be slightly ahead of where Rodgers was in his first season when it comes to reads and awareness." Aaron obviously was much better throwing the ball, but he's a goat at that. So let me get back to. I'm sorry. Uh, so played consistent. Uh, played last. I uh, can't read that. Sorry, last team. What's it say? Last. Anyway, his first comment. Back to it. <laughs> Hot take, but love maybe slightly ahead of where Rodgers was, basically saying, but Rodgers could throw the ball better. Um, I don't think it's too hot of a take. I remember watching Aaron that year. I think Aaron, if I remember correctly, he threw 12 interceptions or maybe 16 interceptions that first season. So he was, you know, he was kind of, uh, uh, you know, got to think about this too, split screen, which this first thing that comes to mind for me is think of who Aaron studied under, right, Brett Favre who was just an interception machine, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and then think of who Jordan studied under, which was Aaron Rodgers, which it was normal for him to throw 30 touchdowns and four interceptions, right? So it kind of you kind of see the the uh, changing of the guard there, maybe a little bit of that. If anything, we want him to play more like Rodgers than far. We know that. Um, so uh, maybe he picked up on some of that. You know, Could have been the case. Um, let's see what else we got here in the chat as we get ready to wrap up. We're at the 58-minute mark. Um Let's just do this. Let's go parting thoughts, guys. Jacob, or let's go with Tim. Tim, anything else you want to cover, man? Um, anything else we might have missed? Uh, I'm going to go comb back through the stats one more time in case I missed something, but uh, anything else you want to talk about? Uh, one thing that caught my eye on the defensive side was uh, 
Anthony Johnson Jr. out there today seem to be moving relatively well. well. Um, I don't know if there's any post game or any updates on uh, on any of the injuries um, today, but he looked better than he did, you know, 48 hours ago, um, walking off the practice field. So that was kind of good to see at that back end, uh, with safety being, you know, obviously our number one concern, right? Our number one concern on this defense is going to be safety position. Um, because like you said, Clayton, you know, we, we, we know it's going to be savage and Ford, but is that going to be for 17 games? You know, the season is a long grind. What, what happens, if if that you know secondary looks a little different back there as we progress through the year so um seeing the younger guys in the safety room kind of stepping up a little bit and playing playing relatively well today was uh you know an upside to me so my my parting thoughts are excited 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 about this defense and you know the more this defense keeps handing the ball to jordan love and the offense guys the more opportunities we're going to have to uh put big plays on the board. So go Pat, go, man. I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. Jacob, any parting thoughts? Yeah, we have a much more mobile quarterback that I think that the NFL is ready for. I think that Jordan Love is, again, on a fantasy football perspective, he is now catapulted himself. If you're just now drafting in the next week, which a lot of leagues will be doing, this guy's got to climb up the boards. He, he can run. He's a legit runner. He runs – very, very well, and he's got a, a laser of an arm. Christian Watson is still severely underdrafted. Romeo Dobbs, it, they have him at 565 still for the over-under on his season yardage. Guys, that's insane. We've seen yeah. that he's going to be the number one. I think he's going to be the number one receiver there in Green Bay. So um, They have Preston Smith set at seven and a half sacks at um, prize picks, I believe, for the season over-under. I don't know what to say about that one, but I will say that it's it seems a little bit low if we're firing on all cylinders. I, I'm just really excited about this team. We are so young. It doesn't seem like that anything can can get these guys. It doesn't seem like anything gets in their head that they can't get negative. That if if they get down by a touchdown, it just makes them more invigorated from the backup quarterback to the backup edge, you know, lineup. It seems like everybody just has this mentality where it's like, okay, we're, we're playing till the last second and it's refreshing not to, not to hate on Packers of the old and Packers of the past, but this is a completely new vibe starting this year than I've ever seen in the green Bay Packers in my adult life. And it's really, really cool to be a part of. So strap up. It's going to be a good season. Strap city. Very, very well said Garrett. Garrett coming out with the, with the Brian Adams cuts like a knife. We'll be playing Goots office on Tuesday. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Goose, look at Goose already putting it out there. He said, "Take it to the bank, hammer it." Love forty two hundred yards, twenty eight touchdowns, nine interceptions. Book it, he That's said. Book it. Huh? Took it down the sideline. Talking about. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Last, uh, last few comments, and I want to talk about injuries, and we're out. Um, Larry in the chat said, "Thanks, guys. Great show." Hey, Larry, thank you, buddy. Thank you for the support. It's always good to see your face in here, man. Larry. Really been when the uh, the messages we've been exchanging back and forth. Uh, so cool to get connected with you guys like that. And uh, just uh, like I said, really appreciate your time for sure. Um, let's see here. Zane, love my Packer Nation. Stay uh, stay blessed, everybody. In Jesus' name, amen. I like it. Amen. And Bubba, Bubba said six D-line rotation makes the D a lot better than five D-line. You got that right, man. You can't – I'm telling you, fresh legs, um, you can't overstate it. 
it's something, you know, Lombardi always talked about, and it still holds true today. Fatigue makes cowards of us all. You know, if you, you can't play fatigue, it doesn't matter how good you are. If you're tired or you're hurt, you know, the old saying, you can't make the club in the tub. Well, you ain't going to make a play with your hands on your hips, you know, breathing hard, right? You, it's it, it's something that conditioning is huge. But if, if you've maxed out everything you can do conditioning-wise and your players are in the best shape they can be in, the only other thing that would give you an advantage is having that deep roster and that heavy rotation. And it, it starts with the guys up front. Paul Brettel wrote an article just a second ago, and we'll wrap up with this. He said there were 14 players inactive today, which included David Bakhtiari, Jair Alexander, Aaron Jones, Dontavian Wicks, Bo Melton, Tarvarius Moore, Luke Tenuta, Eric Stokes, Lou Nichols, Henry Pearson, Tyler Goodson, Devontae Campbell, Romeo Dobbs, and Rashawn Gary. The only real supply, surprise was that Dobbs was out and he was sidelined with a hamstring injury. The extent of the injury is unknown at this time. Thank God we've got a full week to rest up, right, guys? So we can try to get these guys healthy. And, man, to think what this defense, the the team as a whole can look like with David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Jair Alexander back on the perimeter, Aaron Jones in the backfield, which, oh, by the way, A.J. Dillon looked – he's looking more and more like his old self. Do you guys agree? I want to ask you guys that real quick. Do you guys agree with that? 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. To me – he was back to running hard. I think he averaged 4.8 a carry today, and and they were well-earned yards too. And, and he showed good bursts too. There was one that he he busted off. I, I can't remember what his long was for the day. Let me see here. Uh, his long was, yeah, 14 yards for that long run. We want to see more of that for sure. Um, yeah, so keep an eye on those injuries as we move forward, and uh, it'll be something to kind of check up on. As far as what we're going to do coming up tomorrow, we're going to have two shows. I'm going to go live early, and uh, I'm going to do a chalk talk. So I'm going to start editing and throwing some videos together right now, and uh, we'll kind of talk about the top plays from yesterday. That'll go out in podcast form as well as this post-game show. And then, of course, we'll be back tomorrow night at uh, most likely 7 Central, 8 Eastern, maybe earlier. I'll, I'll definitely post. Just keep your ear to YouTube, and I'll I'll put the uh, the scheduled broadcast up. But we'll just kind of do a weekly recap as we get ready for the final cuts. And, of course, that comes uh, NFL roster cuts. They have to be made by 4 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Okay, so this coming Tuesday, we're going from 90 men all the way down to 53. That's the first year the NFL has done that, to the best of my knowledge, in the history of the game. So, um, you know, usually there's a gradual cut down. But this year it's going from 90 to 53, if I understood correctly. So, that's all we got. Um, trying to see here if anybody else in the chat cut my roster into pieces. This is my 53. I got that, man. It was who was it used to sing that? Song? Papa Roach. Papa Roach. There it is. Papa Roach. All right. One more of these, and then we're out. 65%. 65%. And I say that because I think Aaron's playing tonight. I think he's going to play for the Jets tonight. So get up NFL Plus. I think it starts at 6 Eastern, I think. Um, so get your popcorn ready. Again, we want 12 to stay healthy. We want them to stay healthy. We need that 65% so we can maximize on that draft pick. And uh, like Larry said, appreciate it, Larry. Larry said, hey, guys, just take a second. You know, we had 169 people in here at one time. We've got 150 in here live. Do us a favor. Hit that like button. That definitely helps with the algorithm, and it gets us a, a little more notice by other Packer fans. I'll I tell you, the greatest compliment we've received so far, gang, is Packer fans literally hitting me up on, on YouTube, on Twitter, email, text message, and they say, 
I had no idea this show existed, and it's my favorite podcast now. Again, it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Jacob or Tim. It's us just trying to talk about the things that matter, right? And this is always going to be a fan-driven show. We're not going to get on here and talk about nonsense. We're going to have a good time. You're going to laugh. I promise you that. And, and like I say all the time, if you haven't heard me say or do something stupid, just wait. It's coming. I promise you, okay? But we're going to kind of learn together, and we're going to try to cover all the things that we think are important to Packer fans uh, rather than trying to fill it full of a bunch of garbage, whether it's political or, or arguing back and forth. That's the coolest thing. Go back through and look at this chat. There weren't, there wasn't one situation tonight where people were arguing in the chat. That's the kind of environment we want to create here, and it's all about just being a being a better uh, a better Packer fan and understanding the game at a little bit different level. Cornelius said it best: ninety five percent football without ridiculous takes. I digs. Well, we appreciate it, Cornelius, uh, and thanks for helping spread the word, man. So, all right, we're gonna get out of here. Like I said, guys, we'll be back for chalk talk in the morning. Look for that. I know Larry's excited about that. He seems to like those, and I got to be honest, man. I I enjoy doing them. It just every time I do one, I, I catch something that I have to go look up, and then I end up learning something. You know what I mean? It's like well, I wonder what that's called. I wonder what that formation is. You got to do a little digging, and it's uh, it makes it all the better. And then we'll be back tomorrow night for a show similar to this for the weekly recap. So Tim. Can't thank you enough for rushing home, buddy, and being a part of the show. Jacob, man, I know you had a ton of work to get done today, and you made this happen. I appreciate your time as well. So, uh, again, everybody in the chat, I want to say congratulations to the new members, Split Screen Gaming and Garrett Stritzel. Thanks for supporting the stream. And, again, that puts you into the drawing for the autographed Lucas Van Ness jersey that we're going to give away uh, week one post-game show. So we're out of here, guys. Appreciate everybody's time. For those of you listening on the pod, Thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up. It's a power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Double tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, and if he's not, you drive down on the first man who is inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. No one goes. Right by this and feel this side. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, that's inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. So look at this play. We'll be trying to get him to see you here. And a seal here. And try to run this play in the alley.